0: For my talk this morning, Uh, I'm talking about good trees and bad trees. And if you like to turn with me to the Book of Luke in chapter three, you're going to have to keep your finger in the Book of Luke, because I'm going to come back to it uh, a few times. And you're going to have to keep your finger in the Book of Isaiah chapter 61, because I'm going to come back to that a few times. And I might just tie up all your fingers with uh, keeping books, pages open. Anyway, we'll start in the Book of Luke. And we're going to we're going to read of John the Baptist. And you may remember if you were here last Sunday, I spoke about the example of John the Baptist. Well, we're reading of him again. Uh, it's not the same talk as last week by any means, but uh, um, <clears throat> John the Baptist certainly features here in these uh, first few verses. Good trees and bad trees. That's the title, Luke chapter three and verse two. Annas and and Caiaphas. Being the high priest, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness, and he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. The baptism of repentance. Repentance means to change your mind, to have another mind. That's That's what the word repent means. The word repent from the Greek is metanoia and it means to, literally to have another mind. And that's what John the Baptist came preaching and he obviously preached to the religious people. Uh, but he, he said, does say in verse uh, 7, Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptised him, O generation of vipers who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say to you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And so he's very blunt, isn't he? You generation of vipers, you snakes, he said. Who has flee, who has warned you to flee? You know, God's wrath is coming. But he said, well, you'd better actually show some changes in your life, show some changes in your attitude, because if you've got a change of attitude, then you're going to be bringing forth fruits that will be indicative of your repentance, of your having another mind. You might might be able to claim to be in the lineage of Abraham, but it doesn't count for anything. That's not what God is looking for. He's looking for a a change of heart or a change of attitude up here. And he's, and we read in verse 9, And now also is the axe laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree therefore which brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And I dare say some of the uh, trees down at our camp, the ones that are dead, they will be cast into the fire. Although it won't be happening this year. You should, for this Easter, you should see the uh, the hoops that you've got to jump through to light a fire. So we won't be having a campfire, <laughs> let me just uh, say that now. Not not this camp, maybe in, in October <clears throat> or something. Anyway, so uh, let's not get away from the point. John the Baptist is identifying the wrong attitude that some people had. And he's saying, the axe is also laid to the root of the trees. There you are. He's talking to the religious people. There you are with all your um, stature, if you like. There you are with your attitude. There you are with all your holiness. There you are with your traditions and your way of doing things and your own ideas. There you are. But he said, the axe is already laid to the root of the trees. It's not what God is after. Now then, let's just um, read a little bit more. And uh, in verse 21, Now when all the people were baptised, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptised and praying, the heaven was opened. All right, so Jesus Christ was baptised by John, um, good, And and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Now you see Jesus Christ went through the process as well and we've gone through the process of repentance and baptism but repentance is as I've mentioned to have another mind it's it's having the right attitude it's having the attitude that God is actually going to bless And John was uh, very pointed in his comments. He said, well, that attitude that you've got, God is not going to bless. The axe is laid to the root of the tree in in, uh, chapter 4 and verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And we know that he endured then 40 days of of, uh, tribulation or trials and uh, fasting. But at the end of that time, in verse 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now then, So here we see what Jesus Christ had to say once he was baptised, once he was filled with the Holy Ghost and the the pattern is the same for us as I've already mentioned and we can relate to all of these things and it's important that we do this attitude that John the Baptist highlighted, the the hypocrisy if you like or the, the attitude that just was not right. He said... He said, you've got to change it. Now, we can relate to that as well. You know, we've got to monitor our attitudes, don't we? We've got to be aware of what sort of fruit we're bringing forward, don't we? We we, we repented when we got baptised, but repentance, it seems, having another mind, putting on the mind of Christ, is a continual process. Now, keep your your finger in Luke, but turn back to Isaiah chapter 61, thank you, and just uh, bear in mind what we, the last verse that we read, or the last verses that we read in Luke chapter 4, Jesus was quoting Isaiah, but Isaiah said a little bit more than what Jesus quoted in those few verses. And so we see here in um. Uh, chapter 61 and verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. And he says here, the little bit extra, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Well, what about the day of vengeance of our God? You know, some of the people in Luke's day, they would have been aware of what was there in the book of Isaiah. They would have been aware of the day of vengeance that was coming. And Luke, uh, sorry, not Luke, John the Baptist was also aware, and, and he, that's when he identified the religious people, the hypo, hy, hypocritical people, the ones with the wrong attitude, and he said, look, I'm warning you, there's, um, a wrath to come, you know, who's told you to flee from the wrath to come? It's the day of vengeance, it's the Lord coming back. I don't think I need you to keep your, well, you, you can keep your finger in, in, Isaiah 61 if you want to, but I'm coming back to it in a few more scriptures time. But just go back to the book of Luke in chapter 24, please. Talking about good trees, bad trees, but I seem to be talking about attitude at the moment, don't I? Um, in Luke chapter 24 and verse 23, And he said to them, You will surely say to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself whatsoever. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I'm in Luke. That's where we are. What, what verse did I tell you to go to?
1: Oh, I said chapter 24, did I?
0: Oh, I beg your pardon. I'm oh, sorry, my mistake. Chapter 4, back to Luke chapter 4.
1: It's hard to find someone reliable, isn't it? You obviously still haven't. All right, so you're in Luke chapter 4 and verse
0: 23. And he said to them, You will surely say to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum do also here in your country. And he said, Verily I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. You see, Jesus Christ is speaking these words, and the religious people, the scribes and the Pharisees, they were all ready, indignant at his gracious words. In verse 25, But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of... Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Zidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they
1: heard these things, were filled with wrath. Well, let's just read a little bit about Naaman.
0: Let's read a little bit about the woman in uh, in Sidon, and we can see a little bit about what they're, the way they were, the way they uh, approached God because it's important it's very important it's important to you and i today how we approach god how we approach one another how we approach the people outside that are not yet spirit filled so <clears throat> um turn with me you can keep your finger in luke chapter 4 and go with me to first kings chapter 17 thank you first kings chapter 17 I'm being particularly careful now that I'm reading I'm saying exactly what I've written in my diary here that I've got the right scripture and not leading people astray Uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 and um, we read here in verse 8 and the word of the Lord came to him saying arise get you to Zarephath which belongs to Zidon and dwell there behold I've commanded a widow woman there to, to sustain you He's talking to Elijah or Elias. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a wo- widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray you, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray you, a morsel of bread in, w- in your hand. Um, how's that? <laughs> a complete stranger. gives give us a drink, will you, love? And uh, while you're about it, what about a biscuit or two? Well, what a, what a, what a, where's the guy get off? What a cheat. <coughs> can you imagine me, me do, you doing that? <coughs> anyway, you, you might be able to imagine me doing that, but can you imagine you doing that? <coughs> uh, <coughs> anyway, in verse 12, And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruse." And behold I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Gosh that sounds miserable doesn't it? And Elijah said to her, Fear not, go and do as you have said but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it to me and after make for you and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste neither shall the oil fail until that till the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. And now we see here an attitude. We see an attitude of putting God first. It, it, things were difficult, obviously, But Elijah said, put God first. And you see, it's about attitude, isn't it? Have a look in Second Kings chapter five. Second Kings chapter five, and we're reading of Naaman the leper.
1: Now the the widow in in Zarapath we've already mentioned from the book of Luke that jesus spoke of we've already
0: we've already uh, he's already spoken of naaman and we're going to see about naaman as well we see the attitude of the woman she was putting god first didn't john the baptist say the axe is already laid to the root of the trees he identified with some the attitude was just not right and he said go away Change your minds and bring forth fruit, fruits worthy of repentance. You got to. You you need to change. There's got to be a change up here. Now we can relate to that. We need to be able to relate to that. Now in chapter five and uh, verse one. Now Naaman the captain of the host of the king of Syria was a great man with his master and honourable because by him the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. He was also a mighty man in valour, but he was a leper. So that obviously didn't go well for him and uh, most of us know don't we the the story of Naaman? But we continue, and uh, he was told by Elijah, go and bathe in a particular river. And he said, What do I want to go down to that little creek for? We've got some better rivers there, proper rivers over here. And he went away in a rage. We read earlier, but in verse eleven. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and far, far rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid you do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much rather then, when he says to you, wash and be clean. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying. You can almost picture Naaman when his servants come to him and say, just, you know, settle down.
1: Just calm down a bit. Just do as you're told. Just cooperate. Just fall into line.
0: You know, put your pride in your back pocket, Naaman. You can almost imagine that, can't you? And and we read, dip himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again, unto flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And so we see the, the absolute turnabout in attitude. He was full of pride. I'll do it my own way, I'm not going to be told, why should I? And it moved 180 degrees,
1: there was humility and obedience. It's there, not my words, it was there. And we see that God rewarded it
0: and all the people said. And we can see these attitudes then and we surely want to apply them in our own lives so that We are good trees that we want to be bringing forth the fruit. Yes, uh, um, we will exhibit the fruit of repentance in our lives. We are going to be blessed by God because we put God first. We're going to be blessed by God because we put on humility. Doesn't the Bible say up in the book of Peter, be clothed with humility in honour preferring one another? Doesn't the Bible say that? Doesn't the Bible say that God will um uh wishes you know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not interested in the sacrifice of bulls and goats and so on, but I want obedience. Now I mean God's the boss.
1: Who are we? Look at me. I'm just a Noick from the country. I grew up in Bridgetown. Who, who, who are you? We we're, we're nobody in our own right, but the Lord has marvellously, wonderfully, miraculously
0: filled us with the Holy Ghost. And he said, you're mine now. It's inspiring, isn't it? Not me, but God is inspiring. God is inspiring because, I mean, it's mind-boggling to think that here we are like ants running around doing bits and pieces, but the God of creation actually loves us that much, loves mankind that much, that he says, I want to have a, a relationship with you. I want you to know me and me to know you. It's incredible. But that is what the Lord has done. But He to make it work... He requires that he be put first. He requires humility. He requires obedience. And here we all are doing that together. We're all bound and constrained by the same word of God and we're happy to be, all the people said.
1: So let's leave the book of Kings. Let's go back up to the book of Luke, just for the last
0: Luke. In chapter 4, it's chapter 4, not 24, okay. Now, <clears throat> um, somebody said to me the other day, oh, yes, you jokes, Simon, you're jokes. You know, <clears throat> we haven't heard that one about we'll have a look at the book of Luke for a while. And uh, I said, no, no, I said, it's a gem, isn't it? It's a gem. Um, <clears throat> but you see, I know it's pathetic. I know it's pathetic, but <clears throat> people still laugh. It's very kind of you. Thank you. In the book of Luke, chapter 4 and uh, verse 28. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill whereon their city was built that they might might cast him down headlong. You see, all those people Jesus Christ, what was he preaching? He was saying, he was saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach uh, the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the broken heart, to preach deliverance and so on. All these things, the good things he was preaching of God and the people that heard him, they hated it. Let's throw him out. Let's get rid of him. Why? Because the attitude was all wrong. They were some of the trees that needed to be cut down and were cut
1: down or will be cut down at the day of the Lord's return in the the judgment. The axe
0: was laid to the root of the trees there. It was opposite. Their attitude was opposite to the widow in Zarephath, opposite to Naaman. Well, not Naaman's first attitude, but his second attitude.
1: We can see that, and we can see how God blesses it. Now, um, have you sold a finger in
0: Isaiah chapter 61? Good. Let's just go back to Isaiah 61. And, <clears throat> I've already, we have already read
1: verses 1 and 2 of Isaiah 61, which was repeated in the book of Luke. But in verse 3,
0: he says, to appoint to them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, you see what the Lord is wanting to do with people that have got the right attitude is to turn things upside down. It is to revolutionize their lives, where they were miserable, He wants to give them joy, where they were in uh, hep, help where they were in captivity to something or other drugs or something. He wants to give them deliverance where they were bound down by silly unscriptural Catholic beliefs and teachings. He wants to set them free and make them realize they're sons and daughters of the living God as we are today in all the people's heads. Isn't it a thrill? He wants to, wants us to realize that we are going to live, (coughs) excuse me, live forever. I'm just reminded of talking about living forever, talking about dying forever. Years ago, I can remember pastor of Stevie's in Brazil when I was there with him. He said, look at this, Simon. Look at this Catholic church. There are great big cathedrals everywhere. You're tripping over them just about. And he said, you see the front door? What's outside the front door? I said, the cemetery. He said, look at this one. There's the cemetery. He said, The the cemeteries are outside the front door so often because the priest is always reminding people that's where you're going. Your sin, it's taking you there. You're going to die. He said it's like that and it was like that. It is like that. But the Lord wants us, as I said, he's turning things upside down. He wants us to know that we are the sons and daughters of the living God, that we're not headed for the grave anymore, but we're headed for life and that more abundantly and it's going to go on for eternity. That's inspiring, isn't it? That's something to rejoice about. And when we go out of here after after the meeting, when we get we go back home, or go to work tomorrow, or uni tomorrow, or school tomorrow, or or sit at home tomorrow, talk to the people over the fence, or whatever it is, we've we've got this here in our minds. It's been
1: imprinted in our minds because the attitude is right because God. Gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. This is the way it all works, and so
0: the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heavenness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I love this verse, I love I love so many verses in the book of Isaiah, I love in Isaiah chapter six, Here I am, Lord, send me. I love this verse. He said, you'll be trees of righteousness. The word trees comes from the Hebrew word and it means mighty ones. And you and I, if we've got the right attitude, like the, the widow in Zarephath, or like Naaman, you know, willing and obedient, humble, Putting God first, we're going to be trees of righteousness. There's no, not going to be any axe laid to our roots. In fact, we're going to be watered. The, the roots are going to be sucking up the life-giving water, the living water, the Holy Ghost within. And the fruits are going to be evident because the attitude's right. And we can all think upon our own attitudes at different times. Oh, where are you going, Dave? I haven't finished yet. We can all, <clears throat> bad attitude, you see. <laughs> we can all, we can all um, look at our own attitudes. We can all um, think of one another. We can all identify faults in each other. We can all identify faults in other people. We don't always see it about ourselves. I mean, I would see the faults in me if there were any there, I know. But <clears throat> there's a list, there's a list. It goes on and on. And so, the mighty ones, you're going to be called the mighty ones of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. God, if we have got our attitudes right with the Lord and the fruit that we're going to bring
1: forth, God is going to be glorified in that. It's not about us. That's for sure. We're just people. We're just
0: people, we're the servants of the Lord and we're happy to be that, and all the people said. But God is going
1: to be glorified. That's his plan. That's his intention. <clears throat> oh, Let's have a look in the
0: New Testament, in the book of James, chapter 3. Who knows what a Tasmanian
1: bluegum looks like? Plenty of people, good. They grow quickly, don't they? And they grow straight up. And they grow tall, they're vigorous, big trunks eventually, strong trees, good for making paper. In the book of James, in chapter 3, and verse 13,
0: Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? So he's addressing saints. Who of you have got any wisdom, he's saying. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife there is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. You know, I used to, when I say I used to grow trees, that's probably a little bit, um, not quite the truth. My dad used to grow trees and I used to help him. He used to grow tens and hundreds of thousands of them each year. And I used to help him, and he, and he, he had a contract each year to supply tens of thousands of Tasmanian bluegums,
1: and they, they just shot up. But you see, the thing was, he said to me, Hey, Sim, have a look at this. And because the others
0: would be this high and the Tasmanian bluegums would be this, that high in the same length of time. He said, I'll come and have a look at this. And sometimes the Tasmanian bluegums, they'd be growing so quickly, they, the wind would blow them and they'd get caught around a sprinkler or a bit of wire or something like that. And, and they'd wrap around them and then come out here. And they're no good to anybody. But you see, the thing about trees when they're young is that you can just unwind them unwind them and unwind them and then it'll stand up straight again. It's pliable. But you get a Tasmanian blue gum with the trunks that thick and if it's wrapped around something you're never going to undo it, are you? Because people get set in their ways. If we're trees of righteousness we need to remain pliable. We need to remain teachable. We need to be prepared to fit in. We need to be
1: cooperative. That's what the Lord is looking for. I mean, I've got to do it too, of course. Of course I've got to do it too.
0: You know, in dealing with people over the years and my limited experience, you know, I generally I like to appeal to people's good nature and generally speaking it, it works, but not always. Sometimes people like to argue the toss or, you know, just
1: be difficult. It's, I mean, it's not, not something that I enjoy, but that's the way, that's the way we are. We're human. We're like that. I mean, I can be like that. Oh, I can be very difficult if I want to. But do you see what James is saying? What is he saying? Where am I? <clears throat> but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts,
0: glory not and lie not against the truth. Verse 14. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. And so we need to, don't we, re- we need to be repentant. We need to be having another mind. We don't want the wisdom, the earthly wisdom, to be guiding us. We don't want the natural wisdom. We don't want the the um, uh, uncooperativeness to be prevalent in our lives. There's a lot of people fanning themselves in here. Are people too hot? There's too much hot air coming out from up here. <clears throat> Alright, well let's just leave that, shall we? <clears throat> um. Let's not get set in our ways that we can't be trained by the Word of God. That we can't, can't be trained and and see the right attitude that the Lord wants us to have. In Romans chapter 11, please.
1: I'm getting very close to the end here now. Romans chapter 11, and um, Paul is writing to us, the spirit-filled, Uh, chapter 11 where are we here we are and verse
0: and verse 16 he says for if the first fruit be holy the lump is also holy and if the root be holy so are the branches oh we're not back on these trees thing again are we yes we are and if some of the branches be broken off and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them and with them partake of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if you boast, you bear not the root, but the root you. We're reminded that we, that we once didn't belong. He's reminding them. He's saying, well, look, you you Romans, you're Gentiles. You didn't belong to Israel. Jesus Christ came to preach the gospel to who? the lost house of the sheep of oh, sorry the the lost sheep of the house of israel have that the lost house of the sheep of israel the, you know what i'm trying to say that's who he came to preach the gospel to initially the lost sheep and the gentiles were the gentiles it didn't it wasn't addressed to them initially but of course from acts chapter 10 we read that it was the the gospel was delivered to the gentiles and he's reminding them well you didn't belong There was a time when you didn't belong. You didn't deserve God's grace and neither did we. And all the people said, but my word, we're grateful for it now, aren't we? Oh, I'll say we are. I'm going to live forever. I've had miracles in my life, astounding things. I've got the peace that passes all understanding. There was a time in my life before I received the Holy Spirit, I couldn't make a decision to save my life. I had lots of money. I had motorbikes, and you know, did all the travelling around and all that sort of thing. But I was so insecure. I was empty. I was a shell inside. And the Lord filled me
1: up with the Holy Ghost,
0: and I'm so glad,
1: and I'm sure you are too.
0: And so, our spiritual welfare now, our peace of mind now, and probably to a great extent, our natural well-being, it's dependent on us having the right
1: attitude with the lord being a tree that is god's planting and not our own the people the the
0: individuals the the attitudes that john the baptist addressed the trees that were going to have the axe laid to the root of the trees were individuals with a wrong attitude and um <clears throat> without turning back to it now because you probably been turning back and forth, but, but but in Isaiah chapter 61 and in verse 3, you know, he said, you will be trees of righteousness. Why? So that the Lord be glorified. And so the Lord is wanting us to respond to his word. He's wanting us to be pliable. He's wanting us to be teachable. He's wanting us to evermore provide hope to the lost. He's wanting us to evermore encourage one another and build one another up. We're not looking to the world particularly, the natural elements of this life, for peace and satisfaction. It's Jesus Christ that is the rewarder with these things and all the people said. So then, Let's be trees of righteousness. Let's be mighty ones of righteousness. Let's uh, stand strong. You see, once the once the uh uh Tasmanian blue gum has grown up and the trunk is that thick at the bottom, it doesn't matter how much the wind blows, it's not going to cave in. When they're little, well they do, they just get wrapped around things and go crooked. But if we're trees of righteousness, we're going to be armed with the right attitude and we're going to be resolute. Oh, yes, we might sway in the wind from time to time. That's for sure. We're just human beings. But fundamentally, we know what the Lord requires of us and we're d- determined to stick with it. And all the people said, all I right, well, we'll leave the scriptures there.